Coming live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. All right, welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. I appreciate everybody being in today. We're doing a tribute to Gary Dove. We want to make sure his family knows that um, they have our condolences, but also, you know, what we thought of Gary Dove. Let me get my co-host in here, Duck Riley. How are you, sir? Doing very well, Prince. Yeah, thank you, Duck. You, you called me about this yesterday, and we were able to put this together, and we just want to make sure the family knows that we support them and and what we thought in uh, of Gary Dove for sure. Give us your thoughts. We're waiting on Tim Moore to also get in the system. And if there's some callers that are calling in, what we're going to do is after the first segment, we're going to play um, an interview that we had with Gary Dove, and then we're going to open it up and let people call in and open up the lines. But, Duck, go ahead. Yeah, it, it, you know, you, you don't need a, a script for this because uh, Gary was probably – one of the best guys I, I knew, uh, a legend in not only in McDowell County, the Patch, but in the state of West Virginia. He's probably the only Hall of Famer I know got inducted as a statistician, you know, and that's impressive as it is. And yeah. we we didn't, before that was even a lapsus, Gary Dove was a lapsus <laughs> to us. <laughs> hey, you call him. He can read out that stats to you hey, look, without batting an eye. I mean, he was he was just tremendous. That's, he hit that gift. Uh, also, Gary was my first uh, coach ever. He coached me in uh, midget league football. And look, wow. of course, he never let me forget it. But anyway, we uh, <laughs> we had great we had great times together. You know, I, I, we taught either once a month or twice a month. Just depend on you know exactly what was going on. Just kind of keeping up with each other, and and especially when you know he had gotten sick. So you know I I I was hoping that he was rebounding, uh, moving away from his illness. Uh, I, I I don't know the whole story, you know, of what happened, anything of that nature. But my thing with Gary was, I mean, he you probably everybody that probably that will call in. I don't think anybody has anything negative or bad to say about Gary. Gary was that guy. And I knew Gary Dove through you and um, just a professional, consummate professional. And um, we were friends through Facebook. My conversation with him during those two interviews that we had, a part one and a part two, um, just a gentleman and and full of knowledge and history and stories. (laughs) And we could have done two more episodes and not covered everything. Is that not right, Duck? Oh, without it, that's what I'm saying, Princess. A lectures <laughs> before lectures. <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right, well, we don't have Tim in here, so we're going to go ahead and get started with the sound clip, Duck. And on the other side of the sound clip um, to the audience, then we'll start opening it up and asking and let you all ask some questions or just have your statement um, and how you knew Gary Dove. This segment is about 20 to 25 minutes, and we'll fade it out, and then we'll come on back. Um, Again, Gary Dove, 
And we had never had a so good sports radio as paying a tribute to him um, because he was a friend of the network and he was a um, definitely a friend of Duck Riley. So we'll play this and come back. Never had it so good. Blog Talk Radio. Right here on Never Had It So Good. Where are they now? A look back at the athlete's journey. A walk down memory lane all the way up to the present. A discussion about teammates, impact coaches, competition, and how their team prepared them for real life. We groove with it all. Host David Riley, Tim Moore, and Princess Cooper. Live on www.neverhaditsogoodsportsradio.com. All right, welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. I'm excited about tonight. We have a great night of scheduling, and we'll get started at 6.30 right now with Where Are They Now with my co-host, David Riley, and also Tim Moore. Our guest tonight is Gary Dove. And, Doug, let me just say, I should be a Patch honorary member. I should be a West Virginia honorary member, Norfolk. I should be all of that by now, shouldn't I, Duck? Chris, you haven't paid your dues yet, but we're working on you. (laughs) Okay. If we get together and I sink a three like Tommy Pritchett sink a three, then maybe I can be a member. What do you think, Doug? Oh, look, if you you can sink it like Tommy Goon, oh, you you definitely (laughs) is. Awesome, awesome. I wanted that introduction for um tonight mr gary dove welcome to the show sir thank you very much i appreciate it i appreciate having you on and you taking some time to be with us okay duck get started i'm just gonna listen in this is gonna be good all right uh did, did we get tim uh i know he was traveling Tim's not on. yeah Tim's okay, not on okay. yet. if he gets in here i'll let him in the system no problem hi <laughs> gary again we want to thank you for being uh part of uh never hit it so good radio uh, and I want to start off by just kind of telling the listeners a little bit about Gary Dove, you know, how you got started, you know, where you're from, that type of deal. Right. Well, I certainly appreciate you inviting me to be on tonight, Duck, and it is uh, my extreme pleasure to be here. I was in the uh, going into the 12th grade in nineteen sixty six sixty seven school year and uh Jennings Boyd was named the head basketball coach at that point in time over the uh summer of nineteen sixty six and uh I had coached Boyd for three years as a teacher in high school um and uh absolutely loved his class fantastic teacher uh he made certain that everyone knew what he was teaching and what they were supposed to be learning uh, when he did teach. And uh, the year before, I had been statistician for the basketball team, and um, I supplied a lot of things, charted a lot of things, had great, great help. I wasn't by far the only one uh, who kept statistics at the games, but I would compile those uh, stats from each game and the uh, running totals for the season. And uh, I knew that Coach Boyd, by being a math teacher, would really, really get into the numbers 
of the whole thing, and, and that uh, became a great, a great understatement because he used the numbers uh, from each game from the total for the total season and just used those as a tool to build on his teaching and coaching to the basketball teams. So uh, I asked him, uh, even though I'd been a manager, a statistician in the 11th grade, I asked him if uh, I could be his statistician in the 12th grade, and he quickly uh, accepted, and uh, that uh, began a, a really, really close friendship uh, as as two individuals, uh, Coach Boyd and myself, and um, as working together as head coach and statistician to make the Northport Blue Demons even better than than what they had been certainly that uh, that happened. Okay, you know what's uh, interesting is you know the fact that you not only did it for Coach Boyd, but you also did it for Coach Brent. Am I correct? You are absolutely correct. Yeah, starting in the uh, – I played football in the 11th grade, but decided not to play in the 12th grade. And uh, I kept stats as Coach Brant and I talked before the football season, 1966, and I volunteered to uh, be the statistician for the football team. And I started then and kept stats every year in football all the way up through the 1984 season, which was the last regular season before Norfolk High School closed. So I think that was 19 total years that I was football statistician and 15 that I was uh, head basketball statistician. (laughs) Wow, that's that's a long time. So basically, was Coach Boyd using analytics before they do it now? Um, Really and truly, uh, a transformation took place. Uh, There was a retired coach in Delaware, Ohio, which is north of Columbus, named Paul Keller, and he innovated a a statistical analysis system called OER, which was an acronym for Offensive Efficiency Rating. And what that did is charted every possession for both teams in a game. And uh, the OER, of course, was for the offense. And on the flip side of the coin, the DER, defensive efficiency rating, rated how good a job that our team did when the other team had the ball. And that charted every possession showed every shot, every rebound, every turnover, and uh, anything else that whoever was keeping the uh, OER chart uh, deemed necessary to jot down. And uh, we were very, very fortunate at Northbrook High School. Coach Boyd got hooked up with this in uh, 1970, over the summer of 1970. Started it in the 70-71 football or uh, I'm sorry, basketball season. Here we used it. We won our first state basketball championship. And that system was an integral part of the learning process, of the teaching process, of 
Coach Boyd and Coach Brandt and Coach Harrison in, in that first year, and, and Coach Wingfield and later Coach Page in the uh, following years. And um, we we got off to a quick start. Coach Boyd and Coach Keller, who devised the system, uh, became very close friends. Some games we would play and really do well, and Coach Boyd would, uh, while the team was eating, he would call Coach Keller on the phone and report some of the facts from the game that were really outstanding in, in our favor. On the flip side, he would call Coach Keller uh, after a game when we didn't do so well and and report what had happened, and Coach Keller would make suggestions and, and help uh, in the process there of uh, us improving and of Coach Boyd realizing what needed to be done and, and improving what he wanted to do with the players. So, so Gary, how instrumental were you in, you know, with the OER, DER, and stuff like that? Were you doing it or teaching somebody how to do it? Um, I learned how to do it, but Coach Boyd um, taught uh, three folks who did an absolutely outstanding job. We, of course, didn't have that one, one person per game. But uh, Johnny Horshine, who was a basketball uh, guru, if you will, from way back, I'm not certain exactly when he graduated from, from Norfolk High School, but uh, he was an older gentleman uh, when Coach Boyd was coaching, but just loved basketball, loved the statistical part of it. And Johnny was our number one OER keeper. If something would happen and he could not attend the game, uh, Bob Williams, who owned the local dry cleaners, and <laughs> was uh, in the uh, – uh, I can tell by that chuckle that good memories are coming back of Bob Williams. He and his, his family all were very, very supportive of the athletic programs at Norfolk. But Bob would uh, act as kind of a pinch hitter for – Johnny Horshine when Johnny couldn't make it to a game. And then later on in the uh, mid-70s, if both Bob and Johnny couldn't make it, Bob's daughter, Christina, was a student at Norfolk, and she learned how to do it. So we had three people who were very, very proficient at doing it, and uh, we trusted Coach Boyd and I trusted all three of them and knew that, you know, there was very little drop-off from one to another, if any, drop-off, if, if one or two of them couldn't be there. So, uh, you know, having someone we could count on to do an accurate job was a big relief off my mind uh, and, and a big help to, to Coach Boyd. Wow. Now, Gary, since you worked with, Coach Board, Coach Brandt, Coach Wingfield, and Coach Harrison. Mm-hmm. Were they? They all were different. Were there Correct. any similar? Were there any similarities? I think there were all similarities in that all of them wanted what was best for the kids. Uh, they would do whatever, and uh, you know, to uh, 
uh, improve the kids' positions in life, building their character and and uh, that type thing in high school, playing sports for their future as future adults and husbands and uh, fathers to both daughters and sons. And I think all of them had had that in common. Uh, as you said, but all of them were different, had different approaches, but uh, that was one common goal. I know uh, I, I've seen coaches who were interested only in what they could get out of it, what uh, positive um, feedback or uh, positive things they could gain and they could stick their chest out and say, hey, I did this. Well, that wasn't the case with any of those four. They first and foremost wanted what was best for the kids. Okay. Gary, I'm just amazed how long you were able to, you know, go to school, work, and still be able to come and attend the games. How how difficult was that? It became more difficult uh, after I got married in 
uh, Mark, as you know, didn't say anything until he was ready to say something. But he volunteered. He said he used to get tickled at Gary Jr. after the game while I was in the dressing room. He said Gary would take off diagonally up the floor and about, I don't know, 10 feet short of the uh, end line at the other end of the floor. He would go into a slide. And that's where he got the dirt from, not that the floor wasn't clean before the game, but after the game, you know, there was a film on the floor. And uh, I'm certain that that uh, took away from the hard labor that the uh, janitors had to do after the game or the next day in, in sweeping. Gary had already cleaned a good part of it <laughs> off the floor with this sliding. <laughs> People don't get it, man. That floor after the game, I can see that. But, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, man, you, you know, we, we talked about, you know, you're working with Coach and, and them like that. How rewarding was it for you to kind of go through all of this with Coach Boyd, uh, the championship, and then the the one championship we had in football – how rewarding and, and what kind of memories are brought, you know, come back, comes to you after all of this? Yeah, it, it was very, very rewarding for myself and, uh, you know, to, to think back uh, with the memories not only of the coaches but of the players. Uh, I think back to your your years in midget league football and basketball playing. Uh, Thank think you, back, Coach. <laughs> think back to your first organized coach in midget league football, which was yours truly, and, uh, you know, many <laughs> other players over the years who have remained good friends of mine, even though, you know, they've gone in different directions. And, um, you know, that was rewarding. The success was rewarding. Uh, just being able to work with the uh, coaches, with the players at the time, uh, very, very rewarding. And I'll go to the last, I think, last state basketball tournament I went to was 2019. And uh, even then and up to then, I would go every year, all the people who had witnessed Northville back through the years when we were up there playing, still wanted to talk about North Fork basketball. And that's a great feeling that people remember the Blue Demons. They remember how well the team played together, the um, sportsmanship of the teams. You know, all that people still talk about. They don't just talk about, well, y'all were good basketball players. They talk about the whole package. And uh, I don't know how many times fans have they've said, you know, if if a ball got loose and went down to the other end of the floor rather than waiting on the officials to retrieve it or somebody else to get it for them, one of the Northwark players, the one closest to the ball, when it was rolling down the floor, would take off down the floor, get it, and throw it back to the official and then get in position to play offense or defense, depending on whether we had the ball or not. But, you know, just the... Uh, memories of, of the way things were. And uh, I often joke that uh, if Coach Boyd told the players to run through the through the concrete wall 
they would ask, you know, where do you want me to run through it at? They wouldn't say. <laughs> they would try their absolute best, and um, you know that was uh, exhibited by loose balls. Any time a, a basketball was loose on the floor, we wouldn't. Our players wouldn't run over and bend over and try to pick it up. They would dive for it. I mean, they would absolutely eat the floor up trying to get to that loose ball, and that's what. A lot of what Norfolk is remembered for. Yeah. Uh, also, you remember if I, we all dressed dressed alike? Absolutely. Yeah. The Boosters Club probably, when you were in school, purchased blue blazers with an emblem, a red and blue emblem on the um, pocket that said uh, North Fork Blue Demons or something of that nature. Every player wore that blazer, and that was a source of pride that, you know, hey, I'm representing North Fork High School. I'm wearing this blazer, and we would uh, wear those to the game, to the away games, and uh, um, it was just uh, just unbelievable, the esprit de corps that the – players exhibited, the coaches exhibited. Um, do you recall the story? And uh, I didn't hear it till probably 10 years ago uh, when we played Logan at the uh, Welch Armory back in where well, you had already graduated. This was back in 75. We uh, played Logan at the Welch Armory. And, you know, after a while, folks, didn't mind playing us, you know, the larger schools, but they did not want to play us in the Northwood gym. They would play <laughs> and we'd play at the, uh, the Brush Fork Armory or the Welsh Armory. And uh, in 75, the year we went uh, undefeated, 26-0, um, we got – we were a little bit later getting to the Welsh Armory. The Logan team was already there. And – uh, String Harris, one of our great all-staters of all time, uh, told me this probably 10, 12 years ago. He said, we're all filing in. Everybody has their blazer on, ties, you know, dressed uh, to the nines. And uh, he overheard a player from Logan who had transferred from Detroit uh, that year and was playing for Logan. So I want you to look at them. Said so they look like a bunch of choir boys. And uh, <laughs> String, you know, who is very religious, took that to heart. And uh, through the scouting of, of Coach Boyd, mainly, sometimes the other coaches would go with him. But uh, anytime somebody had to be scouted, well, Coach Boyd made sure that, you know, he was he was one of the ones if not the only one going. And uh, we knew which way this player was going to turn when he got the ball in the post. And so String overplayed him, and the guy faked one way, went another one, and String was – he didn't even have to slide half a step. And he was dead in front of the player, and the player just ran over him. So the official blew a whistle, called an offensive foul, and String is on the bottom of the guy, pretty big guys on top of him. String 
who was six five and and probably weighed 175 pounds, uh, slid out from under him, stood up over him, and stretched his hand and arm out. He was going to help the kid up, and and the kid, you know, just you ain't going to help me up. So after he refused to reach out his hand, so String could uh, help him up. Uh, String pulled his hand on back, went on down the floor to play offense. But before he did, and Coach Floyd wasn't wasn't at all in favor of this of taunting or you know talking mm-hmm. in a derogatory right. manner to the other team. But he bent down so the player could hear him, and he said, a bunch of choir boys, and then turned around and went on down the floor. (laughs) But that, uh, and we went on to to win that game 83-48, to which still to me is unbelievable that we could beat, anybody could beat a Logan team by that, that margin. Wow. Hi, Gary. I've got to turn it over to Princess. It's, it's been great talking to you. We've got to come back and uh, reminisce again on this. Uh, and uh, uh, Too bad Tim wasn't able to get on with yeah. us, but the next time we uh, do this, hey, Gary, we definitely have to have him because, you know, he had to talk about that Gary and Bluefield and Graham stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> so so we'll look forward to it. But I appreciate it, Uh Great talking to you. I'm going to turn it over to Princess. Mr. Doug, it's awesome just to hear you. Mr. Doug, I would imagine, and and don't be shy here, you were a local legend within the the city, the town, the area, the neighborhood. When you went out, people knew who you were, correct? Yes, that is correct. (laughs) (laughs) I grew up in in Keystone, which is about a mile from Norfolk, and then Mm-hmm. After I got married in 1973, I, I bought a house that moved to Northport. But, uh, yeah, I was, was local and, and, of course, as I said, went to high school there at Northport and graduated in 1967. Would people in the neighborhood or while you were out ask you what's the record or how are they looking or they're going to win it again? Would you have that conversation wherever you went? Absolutely, Yeah. Uh, from, from locally to in other other areas, um, you know, people knew who I was, and and I was always willing and able to talk Norfolk High School basketball with them. Yeah. So I, I want to ask this too because it had to be when you started the season and 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 um, you know just practice and 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 constructing the team, the expectation just wasn't a good season. It was state championship, was it not? It, that was always the goal. Uh, the first 67 games, the first four years Coach Boyd coached, we did not advance to the state tournament. In fact, uh, he took teams to the ter- state tournament nine times and won every time. We did not lose a state tournament game with Coach Boyd as the head coach. But wow. that was off the goal. Uh, and in 1970, uh, I'm sorry, it was 69, he had four sophomores who, you know, became seniors when we won the first state championship in 71. But he saw 
what he thought was a good enough team to advance to the state tournament. So uh, he, with Boosters Club backing, took the entire basketball team, the entire varsity team, to Huntington to see the uh, state basketball tournament. And we watched uh, watched those games from, and at, at that time I think it was just four teams from each class. But anyhow, we we went to Huntington, stayed the whole time. Mm-hmm. Watched uh, Huntington won the Triple A, Sharia Canova beat Pineville for Double A, and uh, Hearts won the Single A, if I'm not mistaken. But that gave the young men a taste of the state tournament so they would know what they could look forward to if they worked hard the next year or the following year and were fortunate enough to make it. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm reminded of the movie Hoosiers, which there are a lot of similarities between the Hoosiers team in that movie and and North Fork, uh, such as uh, he always, Coach Boyd always took the team the night before we played to the state tournament to just take in the environment, and that same yeah. thing happened happened in the in the movie Hoosiers. So, um, you know, Duff, I'm going to have to cut you off. We're about thirty seconds from the next show. <laughs> Not a problem. Thank you. So and I got to get this one in. I do want to ask. So I was getting choked because I do want to get this one in. Did you know Duck as a trash talker, and could he really play? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he could he, he he could play. I talked to her about you know diving on the ball for loose on the floor for loose balls and you know you could count on him to uh, I will say two words uh, Eddie Joy. <laughs> he, he could he could mix it up and get him to tell you that story sometime. But uh, will... he he didn't back down from anything or anybody. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being on. This has been a pleasure just to listen to you. we got to get you back with Tim Moore so we can hear more. Have a great evening, Mr. Dove. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Gary Dove there, no fork, and the statistician for 18 years. Duck, um, we keep getting more about your history and your journey. A legend, for sure. A legend. All right, let's get turn it over. We're going to get, get reset here for the top of the hour. Never had it so good. Gary Dove, our guest on. Thank you, sir. Have a great evening. And you. All right, that was, uh, that was Gary Dove, and that was our interview with Duck Riley. Um, Tim Moore didn't make it on in time for that, although I thought I heard him comment and, and kind of chuckle sometimes. Duck Riley, how powerful is that to bring that back? and hear his voice. It's very powerful. You know, like I said, uh, Prince is my first, my first coach ever. Uh, always been a great guy, somebody you can always count on. And, and I, I call him Mr. Alexis because he was way before his time. Uh, yeah. Just a great overall person, and I'm, I'm anxious to hear what other people have to say about him. Yeah. Let me get Tim Moore in here. Tim, he was just rattling off. Um, he was just rattling off stats then and memories and history, um, and, and I'm, I'm sure he will be missed. Your thoughts, Tim Moore? Oh, no doubt, no doubt about it, Gary. Uh, I, I, I had the, uh, the the good fortune of meeting Gary uh, at the uh, funeral service for uh, Mark Page. 
uh, who's one of the guys that played for Norfolk and, and eventually went on to become the head coach after uh, Jennings Boyd was there. And uh, he was, I think, Duck's best friend as well. Um, he, uh, he was just encyclopedic in his memories and his recall of the glory years of, of Norfolk. Yeah. Uh, I had a chance to talk to him, and he remembered a couple of games that I remembered and we talked. Uh, but the one thing that I noticed in listening to the interview that I that I had never heard him talk about was uh, the Eddie Joyce story. What, what, what's that all about, Doug? <laughs> I have no idea. Mark Page, Mark Page started that story. I have no idea. <laughs> and Eddie Joyce was point guard for uh, their uh, cross-county rival, uh, Gary. Uh, who won? They were the only team, uh, I think. They and uh, and Mullins, which was the school that Mark Dan, Mike D'Antoni went to, they were the only two teams that interrupted North North Fork's uh, string of um, of state championships in the state of West Virginia. And Eddie Joyce was the point guard on the on the Gary team as well. And Gary, and wow. look, and Gary look, and Eddie was a very good player. So I look, I have nothing but love for Eddie Joyce. <laughs> Mr. Dove did want to remind you that he was your first coach, though he did make sure to remind you of that, um, Duck, I, he, every time I, I see. Um, we have some callers, Duck and Tim. So, um, callers, what I'm going to do is, is call out the last four of your phone number and just to see if you have a statement or a comment or just anything to remember and give a tribute yourself to Gary Dove. 8380-8380. Your mic is open. That's the last four of your phone number. 8380. Okay. All right. We're going to go to the next 1188. 1188 is the last four of your phone number. Your mic is open. That's Tommy Walters out of Bowling Green, Kentucky. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. Class of 1978, I... Met Gary when I was a freshman, and I just I had never met a guy that was so big, that was so much fun. He, he was a statistician, and he would be so fired up during our games. It was it was contagious, and, you know. And we would all be just excited just to be there, and and he was a big part of that reason. Him and Coach Boyd and Coach Wingfield. And I spoke to Gary the last time I spoke to him was in twenty. 18 when I was inducted to the McDowell County Hall of Fame. And while I was there talking to him, he, he brought up a game that I had been like 40 years ago. He was like, <laughs> yeah, don't you remember you played against uh, Williamson? And that was supposed to have been the battle of the two big men, Willie Stewart and Russell Todd. And then you and the point guard, y'all went at each other, and we ended up winning. He said, man, that was the best game that I'd ever seen. He was just he was just like that. Not only with me, he he was like that with everybody. He was he was a part of the team. He was part of the family. And he's gonna be missed. He's gonna be missed. Gentlemen, yeah, you all those, have any comment on it? Go ahead. Yeah, for those for those listening, uh the gentleman who just talked talked about that seventy eight team with Russell Todd. Russell Todd went to West Virginia University, started up there for uh four years and then played overseas for a number of years. It was six eight a uh, big man on that North Fork team, uh, and was uh, uh, a part of the team that beat Mount Hope High School that had yep. Earl Jones. If anybody remembers, Earl Jones was the 6'11 uh, National Player of the Year. 
he was he was on the cover of Street and Smith magazine, and uh, and they beat uh, Northwood beat them in the state championship game. That's correct. Wow, wow! Thank you, sir, for calling in and and, no, and no, giving no. your own tribute to Gary Dove. We we appreciate that. Thank you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Going to try to get one more in here. Three five four eight. Three five four eight. Give us your name. I think we um, lost our internet. It's just time. It's just timing in and out. Duck and Tim, do I still have you all? Yeah. Yeah, we're still here. Still yeah. Here. Um, um, yeah. It's it's timing in and out. So, sir, what else do you you any any more memories of Gary Dell that you like to? To, you know, you said you saw him again in 2018 when you were inducted. Um, but when you saw him around town when you were playing, um, he was one of those superstars that everybody knew, correct? Oh, everybody, everybody knew Gary. It's it, it was just a it, it was a different time. I wish we could have put it in a bottle and and saved it and used it because everybody in the town knew the Norfolk Blue Demons. I mean. They they knew your family, they knew your mom, your dad, everything about you. It was just it, wow. Coach Boyd and I talked about it years after I, I was a father and I had a couple of kids and I just happened to run into Coach Boyd at a at a Kroger's in Princeton, and it was late at night. He didn't know who I was. I was sitting in my car and he was walking back to his car and as he got ready to open the door, I let my window down. I said, "Hey, Coach," and he turned around. He's like, "Hey, Tommy," and we got to talking and reminiscing and. The only word that we could come up with with the times that we had where we won all those state championships was that it was magical. It was just everything fell into place, and it, it was like a way of life. I mean, you you could go up and down the neighborhoods, even in the wintertime. You'd see guys playing basketball. I mean, that was just what we did. I mean, we'd play against different uh, members of the community. It was just it was just great, and it's not like that now. It's you got the video games and stuff like that. People don't want to go outside anymore. It's it's just different, and I miss it. And we had great times. I've I've got great teammates that that, that I'm friends that I made. Duck was one of my my good friends. He was he was more or less. We all wanted to be like Duck. Yeah. We all wanted to play football. We all wanted to play basketball. We wanted to be like the seniors or the ones that went on before us. He gave us something to shoot at. But Gary, wow. Gary, he was even there when I played uh, uh, midget league uh, baseball. <laughs> he was all he was always around. I can't ever think of a time that Gary wasn't around. We had senior league, uh, we had pony league, high school, junior high school. He was just he was just a fixture that was always there, and he was a great guy. And, and like I said, we're gonna miss him. We're gonna really miss him. Princess, yes, sir. Princess. This Go ahead. Tim, uh, mm-hmm. I, it, I, I, I heard this gentleman say that he's in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and that just kind of threw me off for a second. Did I hear you say this is Tommy Walters? Yes, you did. Oh, my and goodness. Tommy was, Walters was a great point guard at North Fork, just a tremendous ball player. Uh, I remember, and I was talking to Gary Dove about this the last time I spoke with him. Uh, they played, you, you may have heard him during the interview mention playing at the Brushwork Armory which is right outside of Bluefield, and right. the Welch Armory. Well, those are the National Guard armories in these small uh, West Virginia towns, but they hold uh, – they're, they're converted to basketball uh, arenas, and they hold in excess of 3,000, 4,000 fans uh, for basketball games. 
and the places used to be packed when they played really uh, outstanding yes. games. I saw yeah. Tommy uh, when I think it was in 77, 76 or 77, uh, you all were 8-0, and you all played uh, uh, and Ralph Ball, and they were undefeated right. uh, around 8-0 right. out at the Brush Fork Armory in Bluefield. And Princeton uh, started the game. Uh, everybody was anticipating the game. The place was packed to the rafters. Princeton got the ball across half court twice in the first quarter of the game. Uh, and Norfolk was up like something like 20 to 6 at the end of the first quarter uh, <laughs> because they, they ran a <laughs> relentless full court press. And I think they were doing yeah. that when Duck was there as well. Uh, it was just yeah. one of the staples of Norfolk High School. And they were just relentlessly good during that period of time. Yeah, we, we uh, I remember my senior year, that's when I was supposed to take over and be the lead point guard and all this and all that. Well, I was real nervous, and I'd get real nervous during the game, and, and it would sort of throw my game off. So Coach Boyd ended up getting this guy from uh, WVU. I can't remember his name, but he was some kind of a psychologist or something. Anyway, he came to our school, and for like an entire two weeks, uh, my second period class, which was like a study hall, I'd have to go to Coach Boyd's office and talk to this guy. It was me and a couple of other players. And mm-hmm. after that two weeks, I mean, it was just like, I was like, yeah, bring on, bring on your defenses. Come on, let's do it. He changed my whole <laughs> mindset. Everything just got better. I mean, it, it was, like I said, it was a great time. And I, mm-hmm. I could read a whole bunch of stuff, but I'm giving somebody else a chance mm-hmm. to talk Somebody's trying to call me. <laughs> All right, Mr. Walters, thank you very much. We appreciate you calling in. All right, let's see if we can get in 8380 now. 8380, your mic is open. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, this is Ron Spencer. Hello, Duck and Francis and everybody. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to say a few words about Gary. Gary uh, was a special man. And I know that he grew up with us uh, – uh, I say his pencil touched all of us because he was a guy keeping all the stats and all that. But he was also a calm – he had a calm effect on the team too, even at halftime when we would be uh, down. But as we went into the championship year in 1971, he became a very integral part. Uh, he was like the fourth coach. He was like, you know, Coach Wingfield, Coach Boyd, Coach Harrison. But uh, Gary in his own right still had that coach in his DNA. So – not was he not only was he a, he a statistician but he was uh he was that common effects on the team and uh I remember and I share this and, and my brother George is on the phone duck he uh, after many games uh he because we both both were built alike uh he swore up and down that Gary was giving me all of his points and rebounds and it's my good a foul he'd give it to him or all the turnovers so i I finished my career with probably zero turnovers and never foul out of the game because of the the, uh, re, the physical resilience of my brother George and I. But all jokes aside, I uh, I did talk to Gary about a month or two ago. Uh, he is an institution of knowledge of basketball and the history of the game and football as well. But he's a very, very special man. Very, And you never talked to him. He never raised his voice. Just like an interview you played, his octave, his voice, octave level was the same most of the time you never got excited but boy he was just a good man so i just want to share that and pay respects and let his family know that we love him from the 71 team and i guess some other teams that followed us 
but he was a good man. Amen. Amen. Thank you for calling Sister, in. We appreciate that. Sister, yes, go Ronnie ahead, Tim. Spencer. Ronnie Spencer was one of the stars, uh, all state, I believe, on the first Norfolk State Championship team in 71. He and David McDaniels were the stars of that ball club. Uh, uh, they called him Bumpy at Bluefield State when he played. Uh, <laughs> 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 hey, Francis, hey, Francis. Tim said All-State on that, that senior team, but I don't know what year he was in All-State. I mean, football and basketball. Yeah, tremendous wow. athlete. Wow. Wow. We, legends all over. And, and I, Tim, you're taking over for, for Gary Dove because you are full of the stats and the knowledge and the history as well. Thank you. Thank you for filling yeah, in. You know, Go ahead. Tim. You know, you know, I just, I just hate the fact that I wasn't able to be here tonight when you all interviewed Gary because my conversations with him, as as Ron was saying, is just just tremendous. He was he was encyclopedic in his in his recall of Norfolk basketball, and I didn't know as he and Duck were talking about how Norfolk was doing analytics long before it became a fashionable thing to do in high school basketball in West Virginia. That, that's, that's just a tremendous story. He talked about them getting it from uh, Delaware, Ohio. For those who don't know, he mentioned it outside of Columbus. Delaware is the home of Ohio Wesleyan University uh, there in Ohio. So uh, they, were, they were on top of things long before other people were. Amen, amen. We got some other callers, um, sir, and we're going to make sure and get to them. We appreciate you calling in. Okay, I think I lost them there. All right, we're going to go to 7175. 7175, your mic is open. Seven one seven five. Okay. Hey, hey, Francis, did you see three five four eight on there? All right. Let me go take a look. I sure do. Three five four eight. Go ahead. Give us your name. No no sound from three five four eight. Can you hear me now? Yes, Hello? we sure got you. Yes, okay, yes. Got My you? name is Donald Dickerson. I played with the 1984 championship, uh, last championship out of Norfolk. Um, I just want to pay my respects to Gary. Um, what I know of him, he was a good dude, good man, uh, tall gentleman. Um, he, when you see him, his 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 his, his presence uh, demanded attention. So. Um, uh, good guy. I mean, he always put us put us out in the newspapers and stuff like that. So, uh, uh, though I didn't kind of see eye to eye with him on some things, but uh, overall, he was a good good guy. Good guy. Thank you, Mr. Dickerson. We appreciate you calling in. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Let's go ahead and get two five six three two five six three. Give us your name. Uh, yes, this is Antonio Martin calling from California, and um, what a pleasure to be able to talk to uh, Duck and also uh, Gary Dove. What an amazing uh, human being person. And um, yeah. I have a story. I talked to Gary maybe three weeks ago. I guess he was the one that was um, selected to actually – uh, give me a call and let me know that they were going to induct me into the Hall of Fame back there. And uh, we had talked maybe, I want to say, nine months ago. And I didn't know this. 
Um, when I was 12 years old, I was in a car accident with my grandfather and a few other people, and three people ended up dying along with my grandfather. And I didn't know this uh, for until about nine months ago when the accident actually occurred. Jerry Dove and his wife was behind us, and they saw the accident. And Gary shared with me that he pulled over, and he came to assist us. He helped us get out of the vehicle, laid us down on the ground. He uh, was looking for my grandfather's um, glasses. And I did not know this. And Gary was worked with the team, and I was with Don Dickerson. Shout out to Don Dickerson on that 84 team, John Davis, Jerry Saunders, that won the last championship there. And Gary told me this nine months ago, and I didn't know this for, I want to tell my age, but for uh, <laughs> what, 40, 40 years. And it just, it warmed my heart. And I started to cry because, I didn't know the person or people that was helped us during that time because it was very traumatic for me, and I still have problems and deal with issues from it even today. But Gary was that guy that actually, him and his wife, and he told me that he told his wife, say, no, we have to help these people. And he left his son, his young son, in the car, and they locked the car, and they came and helped us. So that speaks a volume to what type of man he was and just a tremendous individual. And so I just wanted to acknowledge him and my condolences go out to family and the community because we've lost such a great person. And I thought I would share that story that was so heartwarming to me and meant a lot to me. Amen. What a powerful story. Yeah, and uh, congratulations, Antonio, about being being inducted. So that's going to be a great thing. And, uh, Shout out to my little brother, Donald Dickerson. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and um, you know, we've had a lot of amazing players that have come through there. And, you know, um, I shared this story with Gary. I saw um, um, what well, Russell Todd had done an interview from, I think he's in Sweden. And as a, as a young boy, I kind of patterned my game. Um, I'm only 6'3 on, on a good day. But I patterned my game after <laughs> Russell Todd. <laughs> but a lot of great influences from Doug, Coach Page, String Harris, uh, my uncle, uh, David, God bless him, he's gone too. Uh, but just a lot of, lot of tremendous people and athletes and that's come from, from that little small school. Amen. Amen. Thank you. We appreciate you calling in. Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, four nine four. Four nine four zero ten twenty four. All right, all right. Thirteen twenty four. Your mic is open. Well, well, well. Duck on the loose. This is Brian Boyd in Charleston, West Virginia. <laughs> he said, "Duck, duck on, on the loose." loose. I tell you. <laughs> How you doing, Duck? How you doing, Precious? We're doing, doing well, good. Brian. Great. I just had to call in, and uh, I think everyone would concur with my opinion, and, Duck, you you back me up on this. There would be no eight consecutive state championships for Norfolk High School. There would be no national record. There would be none of that without Gary Dove. Uh, Gary Dove mm-hmm. was an instrumental part of Norfolk High School 
school's success, my father's success, and probably the success of every player that played at Norfolk High School. No question in my mind. He was a man's man, a great father, a great community leader, and just just one of the best people I have ever met. And it was uh, it, growing up in the Norfolk community with Gary was just a was a blessing. It really was. Amen. Amen. Um, and and we appreciate you giving us a call and calling in and just giving a tribute. We're we're trying to get to everyone, Mr. Boyd. Thank you for calling in. You're welcome. All right, four nine four zero. I don't see a four nine four zero, but I do see a four nine five zero. Let's try that one. Four nine five zero. Give us your name. Yes. Hi. This is Patrick Boyd. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Go ahead, sir. Hi, can you hear me? We got you. Great. Um, Brian, my brother was just on, and um, I wanted to call in as well and pay my respects. I had just been in touch with Gary as late as Sunday. He had texted because we are working on a motion picture about the Blue Demons and Jennings Boyd, and uh, Gary has... Uh, contact for the film and he is going to be a character in the film and uh, we have been working very closely with Gary over the last year on stories and statistics and records and so uh, I'm just it's just a very it's a real tragedy to have lost such an important part of of the history of this story, and our community has lost uh, a very special, special person. Special gentleman, for sure. Doug, do you have any comments? Uh, They're kind of summing it up. You know, everybody, as I said earlier, Princess, uh, everybody speaks highly of uh, Gary. He's just one of those people. Amen. Mr. Boyd, thank you for giving us a call. And making sure that we we knew um, how you felt about Gary Dove. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, Duck. I think we may have everyone. Um, we've done everybody here. Um, wow, the the board just lit up there after that 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 um, um you know clip <laughs> we played played. <laughs> Duck. I guess everybody kind of kind of got the word. Um, Duck. I'm going to give you a chance, and then Tim Moore. Our, our own never had it so good, Alexa. Um, your thoughts too? Yeah, I, you know I appreciate you know the guys calling in, you know, and it, and it's, it's difficult because when you talk to someone once a month or twice a month, I mean, and you could talk to Gary about anything, and it didn't just have to be sports, and and I can't get over the fact that. He was our elect, especially when it came to sports, way before people even thought of Alexis. Uh, my thing is, yeah. we had a great relationship. Uh, you could call on him on, at any time. You know, he, he would definitely, a lot of times he would call, ask me an opinion on, you know, different things of, uh, you know, Hall of Fame and other things of that nature. But uh, he's going to be missed. You know, I, you know, I could, I was just thinking about something the other day. I said, Dad, maybe I should call Gary and try to 
find out, you know, what Gary would know about this. But in, in hindsight, you know, I feel that you shouldn't wait. If somebody's on your heart or on your mind, you should call them right then and there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tim, this took you down memory lane, did it not? Oh, it definitely did. I, I, you know, I'm a little bit younger than Duck, and I, I hate to speak after him because he, you know, he was he knew Gary a lot <laughs> longer than I did. But I remember uh, many of these teams, and just for those who may not be from West Virginia and may be uh, sort of thinking, ah, oh, it's a little school and a little town and a little state, uh, you know, bragging about their records. But I just want to give you some perspective on the kind of talent that they were facing. Uh, in the early years when, when Ron Spencer and uh, Dave McDaniel and these guys in the, in the, uh, the first uh, state championship run uh, there, they played against people like Mike D'Antoni, uh, who's uh, been an NBA coach, and Jerome Anderson, who was the first-round draft pick of the Boston Celtics from Mullins, West Virginia. They, uh, Duck and, uh, and his crew, uh, when they came through, they played against Maurice Robinson, who was a, a first-team uh, high school all America at West Virginia at uh, at Welch West Virginia High School um, played with Moses Malone in the national all star game the Dapper Dan Classic in Pittsburgh. Uh, we talked about Russell Todd and Tommy Walters in that group in seventy seven through seventy eight. Uh, well, actually seventy six through seventy eight seventy nine. Uh, we mentioned Earl Jones who was the national player of the year six eleven. Uh, everybody wanted him. They beat them in the state championship game. And two of the best games that I ever saw, and I talked to Gary Dove about this the last couple of times um, that, I, uh, that I spoke with him, was uh, they played uh, Bluefield High School at the, uh, at the Brushwork Armory right outside of Bluefield, a game that went into overtime when they had Tyrone Curtis, uh, who went on to be the D3 National Player of the Year uh, at Wittenberg University in Ohio. Uh, and they played a triple overtime game, Tommy Walters and Russell Todd's senior year at the Brush Fork uh, Armory against a guy named Kurt Warner, who went on to break records at Penn State in football and then was the rookie of the year in the AFC with the Seattle Seahawks, all pro for two or three years uh, there. There was tremendous talent that was involved in that, and Gary Dove, was there every step of the way chronicling that run. Wow. Wow. Amen. Gary Dove. You summed it up. Did he uh, not? Tim, because, <laughs> yeah, because, hey, Tim, you the new Alexis. <laughs> <laughs> they say after the preacher gives the word, you just go ahead and end it right there for sure. <laughs> um <laughs> I appreciate you all, Duck and Tim, for um, allowing me to be a part of this. And, and Duck for just saying, hey, Francis, we're going to have to do this tribute. Um, this will be replayed um, on our platform, com, but it will also be on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and iTunes tomorrow. Um, but I will leave the, the link with Duck so that he can get it out to everyone that's listening now. Um, so please hit Duck up if you would like a, um, a copy of it, or all you have to do is go to those platforms that I mentioned and just search Gary Dove, and it will come up. A tribute to Gary Dove, and it will definitely come up. Tim Moore, Duck Raleigh, thank you. I appreciate you all immensely. Always, Princess. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank you, you. Princess, for doing this. All appreciate right, never, it. Yes, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It was my pleasure. My honor. Gary Dove, rest in power. Never had it so good. We'll get ready for the top of the hour. We'll be back.